You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. Along the way, you'll hear from some of my amazing colleagues as they share practical advice that you can apply to your own classrooms. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by ThriftBooks. ThriftBooks.com is the largest online seller of used books in the United States. They pride themselves on offering the lowest everyday price on used books on the web, with over 13 million books in stock. Everything from classic children's books like The Little Engine That Could to the latest thriller by John Grisham. I've used ThriftBooks for years now, and I can't recommend them enough. To save 15% on your first order, plus free shipping, go to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks. Again, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks to save 15% on your first order, plus free shipping. Guys, this episode is going to be one for the books, literally. So this conversation was with Vicki Weber, who is a music educator that realized that there were some books that could be published that would really help her classroom. And she realized that by sharing those with others, she could help other students in their classrooms as well. Vicki Weber is a musician and elementary educator with a love for children's literature. While she's taught a variety of grade levels, primary level education is where her passion lies. It's long been a dream of hers to teach children through the magic of books, and she hopes that you love reading her works as much as she loved writing them. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Vicki Weber. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to That Music Podcast. I'm super excited today because we're going to be talking with Vicki Weber. Um, so, Vicki, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and talking with me. Yeah, not a problem. I'm excited to be here. So, Vicki, before we get started, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, you know, where did you go to college? Where and what you te- what do you teach and things like that? Yeah, so um, I graduated from Millican University um, in Decatur, Illinois, in 2015, and then since then, I did get my master's in teaching and learning with an ESL concentration, um, primarily because I found that my ESL students were the kids that were really excelling if you knew how to reach them um, with the language barrier and all those those components that come through. So um, I was really excited to get that as a master's to um, enhance my music education degree. Um, I've been at a couple of different schools, but all at the elementary level, um, pre-K through six. But my current job, I'm pre-K through two. And then I'm actually third, fourth, and fifth grade STEAM which is um, a cool addition to what I do musically as well. Awesome. So I think this is going to be a wonderfully loaded question, but I ask this to everyone. So other than teaching, what's something that you're passionate about and that brings you joy? So there are a lot of things. I have a lot of hobbies and, you know, so does my husband. Um, But the the biggest thing for me has been um, writing children's books. I've always dreamed of writing children's books. I've always had these ideas in my head and I just always thought that, you know, oh, that would be nice, but it's never going to happen. And um, a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, my husband uh, was just like, well, why not? Why can't it happen? So uh, we started researching, figuring out what to do, where to start. um, And it kind of went from there. And now I do have um, six published children's books with several more in the works. 
And it's just really exciting to be able to collaborate with other music educators and see kids enjoying these books in their classroom, at home, um, and just generally bringing a different side to music ed. That's been such a joy and uh, such a cool thing that I never thought I'd have that opportunity to do. Um, I, I love that. And I, I've never had that. <laughs> that question be such a good segue, but I want to add that to everyone listening that um, she's published six books like in a year, um, which is phenomenal. Like I was literally just looking right before this interview and I was surprised, but just how many, like I didn't realize they all came out this year. So congratulations. That is awesome. Thank you. It's been a labor of love for sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. So you talked a little bit about it, but what kind of led you to pers- pursue a degree in music and especially in music education? So I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Like I, even when I, my mom will tell you when I was um, little, like toddler age, not old enough to go to school, um, she bought me like a little Elmo backpack and I tried speaking on the bus one day because school was just the thing I was excited about. And then, you know, when I was old enough to, to get to school, I was the kid who wanted to help everybody and learn everything and know everything. And that's just kind of my personality. So by the time I was, you know, in fifth, sixth grade, and they start asking you, what do you want to be when you uh, are an adult, when you grow up? My answer was always a teacher, but I changed my mind about what kind of teacher I wanted to be. I wanted to be a Spanish teacher at one point. I wanted to be an English teacher at one point. And then when I got into high school, I was just so heavily involved in the music program, um, both in band and in choir, Um, you know, marching band, uh, the musicals, madrigals, jazz choir, uh, ILMEA, all of that fun stuff. And my director actually had a really cool opportunity where For the final concert of the year, he picked two people and he split the choir in half and you got to direct um, that half of the choir for the actual concert and all the practices like you got to be the teacher um, for that final concert. It was really cool. And that was when I decided I'm like, well, I love music. I love kids. I think that this is this is going to be my 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 niche. And so I went on to Milliken. And the more I learned, the more I found that I preferred elementary to anything. Um, and that's just kind of where where I ended up. I love that. I love how so many of us have very different stories, but similar stories that kind of follow a similar path that kind of lead us to where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so here is the easiest question of this entire interview. And that is, do you believe that children's books belong in the music classroom? And if so, what are the benefits of using them? Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's, (laughs) I'm sure my answer is a little obvious, but (laughs) my biggest thing. So first of all, one of the things that totally broke my heart when I was at a high needs school, um, a couple of years ago was that I had so many kids not enjoy reading. And it wasn't that they couldn't read it was that they struggled to find subjects that either interested them or reading was hard for them. And I can really relate to that. I've, I've always been a fast reader, a good reader, you know, a a high, higher level than my grade level at reading, but my husband was not that way at all. 
And I know a lot of my friends were not that way at all. And all they ever wanted was, well, why can't I find books that are in my interest level? And so when they started coming to my classroom, I'm like, I need to start incorporating books because they need to be able to see that the things that they love and enjoy about the music classroom and making and creating um, really do relate to literacy and books and creativity and all of those things. And the more that kids are able to read, the more they're able to express themselves um, in other ways in their lives, it really is a, is a foundational point for them. And so my thought was, you know, I started a huge collection of, of books for my music classroom. Um, I seriously have so many and I brought them home during the pandemic because I'm teaching remotely and I just have bookshelves and bookshelves and boxes filled. But I found that so many of them were just about an instrument or, you know, meet the orchestra. And then that's kind of where those ended. And I saw so many music teachers taking regular books, um, rhyming books or, you know, things like the snowy day and making them musical, which I thought was amazing. But I also thought that this is a really cool opportunity for musical concepts to, um, to be a part of a story on their own. Um, because honestly, there are so many other bilingual stories and, you know, books that teach sign language. And there's so many cool literary works out there that I just thought, well, why not with music? That's one thing. So first, if anyone knows me at all, you know that I absolutely love using books in my classroom. And just like you said, I have, I have most of my books are either like they have a rhyme scheme or, you know, there are some books that are like based on songs that are easily singable. Um, but the majority of mine are like books that are on rhyme schemes or books that I, I or someone else has told me how to kind of make into a musical concept or they're like about music. Um, but what I love about your books um, is that they're more of like, interactive music like they're very concretely um allowing music to be expressed through these books and practicing like uh, the the one that i absolutely love is laszlo um was it laszlo learns the recorder Mm -hmm. Uh, and it literally you like playing in the recorder during the book and one that's just an amazing way to tie in literacy with a concept in like a really seamless way um and you can tell that where you're coming from is someone that's in the classroom and knows what people need and knows where the gaps in the market are. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenge in a lot of ways too, because when I started out, cause I, I, I do self publish these. Um, when I started out though, and I was reaching out to the traditional market, I realized really quickly that they wanted to change a lot of what I thought made these books special because they wanted it to appeal to a larger market. And while I, I can understand that, my thought was, well, then that, again, that, that takes away what makes these books different and what makes them um, unique, usable in the music classroom. And honestly, my goal with Laszlo Learns Recorder was I wanted any of my students to be able to pick up the book and learn the recorder basics, whether it was on their own, with a parent who had no idea what they were doing, with a paraprofessional who had no idea what they were doing, um, and then also add those layers to where music educators who did know what they were doing could enhance and, um, and, and make it special for their own classrooms as well. I wanted that variety um, for accessibility. 
I that is a wonderful way to put it. And I know that I've seen your name on some of these like Facebook posts in these groups <laughs> where there's a book that's like, oh, look, it's for music. And then you, you start looking at it. I'm like, well, this makes no musical sense. Or like they have these cute illustrations and they're quarter notes, but they're hollow. And you're like, well, that doesn't that that's a half note and, and things like that. I know. So I love that you have you kind of stood your ground, especially with these publishers and realize that, you know, what I have is special and what I have is needed. So even if it means I'm going to have to work a little bit harder and do it on my, do it on my own, I believe in this enough to put in that work. Yeah. And, and it has been a lot of work, but like I said, it's been a labor of love. It's something I really enjoy. Um, It's something I really see a need for. And I can't tell you what, an incredible feeling it is to wake up and have emails from teachers with videos of their kids, you know, clapping along your book or, you know, composing songs along your stories. Um, you know, I've gotten picture collages, stories, reviews. I've even had like on YouTube, um, some kids do like live read alouds of my stories. Um, and, some of them are, are a little too young and don't actually know what the book says. But in my mind, I'm like, that doesn't matter. It got you reading. It got you trying. And, uh, and really, that's, that's the whole point of, of books is just that exposure, that accessibility and getting kids excited um, about, about those things. And, uh, and from a music teacher perspective, it was also really cool because none of my illustrators um, are musicians. So I've, <laughs> I've had to teach them. Uh, you know, and have a really detailed eye, especially with Lazlo Learns Recorder. I was sending videos of, okay, here's how you hold it. And here's how you play it. And oop, his cheeks are puffed out. I don't want that. And all of those fun components. That is so exciting. So you, you can tell that you've just put in a lot of a lot of it's very high touch you're doing this so i'm gonna go a little bit out of order as what i thought i would do but anyway um can you tell us a little bit about the process of self-publishing because i know you said that you know the traditional publishing publishing route really wasn't for you so how did you go from these publishers are wanting you to change some things that you don't feel comfortable changing to publishing your own books yeah. So first of all, you have to just start with writing the story. And um, it's really interesting because I had my concepts, I wrote them down and, you know, then you move into the editing phase. Well, what I, I didn't know, and a lot of new authors don't realize is that editing is so much more than just, do you have commas in the right place? Did you spell everything correctly? It's so much more than that. It's all about the plot, the development, the tension, the character interactions, um, the quality of your dialogue, you know, even even things like, do you need this line because can the illustrator portray this? Um, those are things that people don't always think about in picture books. And so uh, it was a it was definitely a learning curve. And uh, one of my books, actually, I think I got edited like 13 times before I was happy with it. Oh, my goodness. Um, it was it was a lot. But I was like, you know, I'm not settling for subpar. I, you know, I believe in this and I want to make it come to life the way that, that I think that it can. And, um, so, so the editing process was, was a little bit long. Uh, but then from there, I just had to find an illustrator who could put everything together. I had to research how I was going to print, how I was going to market, um, how I was going to get it into stores, 
Um, I had to look into like how to get reviews and how to get visibility, how to write press releases. There are so many, you know, nuances um, that go into self-publishing. And I, I could have outsourced some of it, but nobody understands my concept the way that I do. And I found that the couple of times I tried to outsource like a press release or a book description, they ended up falling back to, um, well, this is a song about music. And that's kind of where that ended. And I'm like, that's not where the magic ends, though. So I know you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but can you tell us like what led you to begin writing children's book? You know, what was that journey from realizing that, oh, this is kind of a cool idea to realizing this is something you really wanted to dive into? Um, honestly, when I was incorporating books in my music classroom, I just kept thinking and, and trying to find ways to make it interactive. And my very first idea was actually um, the concept of Rhythm Rescue. Uh, which was just released in August. It was not my first book released, um, but it was my first book idea. And I held on to it for so long because I, you know, it was, it was like my baby. I was, you know, scared to release it into the world and see what people thought about it and all of those things. But um, I, I thought that if there's all these books, like don't push the button or there's a monster in your book where you shake the book and turn the book upside down and, you know, touch the pages and whatever. Why can't there be that with, with music? And so with Rhythm Rescue, the, the students have to clap the correct rhythm to activate the superhero's powers and keep the story going. And so I came up with that idea. Literally, I was in my classroom. Um, I don't even remember what book it was, but I started having them do things along with the story whether it was clapping or, you know, shouting at the character or whatever it was to get them more engaged in that musical book. And so from there, I'm like, well, why can't this be the plot for one? And it just kind of took off from there. That's where the ideas started spiraling. And I um, tried to think of all of the different concepts that we teach in music ed and how those could become interactive components in a story. I, again, just talking to you, I can tell that the books that you, I have not, I haven't read all of your books, but I can just can tell that your books fill a need because you've, you've had them again, just like you said, you, you realize where they, where you were missing in your classroom. Um, I know for me, there are very specific concepts that I'm like, wow, I just, I wish I had a book to reinforce this or, you know, I wish I had something. Um, and that, that's what I like about some of the books that, that I've seen of yours. Um, so I know that you've mentioned Lazlo Learns Recorder and Rhythm Rescue. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about the other books that you've, um, that you've written? and kind of, you know, how we can be used in the music classroom. Yeah, so the Song Garden um, is really neat because all of the, so basically in that concept, there's a girl named Kala and there is a um, showcase where the whole town gets together and writes their own song gardens and the flowers are magical. So at the end of the showcase, all of their their flowers sing the song that they, they composed. And Kala gets totally stuck. She sees all her friends making things and she doesn't even know where to begin. She's drawing a blank and she feels really bad about it. And then she sees her mother and her little brother making a garden and she asks her mom, well, aren't you afraid that he'll get it wrong? And her mom says, well, that's the best part about creating something that's yours is there are no wrong answers. And so 
that gives Kala the idea to just try and, and, you know, put things on the page, so to speak. And she ends up with a little melody that she really loves. And the cool part about the song garden is all of the flower colors coordinate with boomwhacker colors. So you can actually, oh, that's awesome. yeah. So you can actually play the songs from the story. There's a blank song garden in the back. So um, teachers can photocopy it or put it in, you know, seesaw any of those like um, uh, tech tools that they're using right now in with the pandemic. And they can actually have their students, you know, drag and drop the stickers or draw in the flower gardens or just play them on boomwhackers. And so it has that extra layer. But that was um, really inspired by how many students I have that were so afraid of failing. I was so afraid of just putting themselves out there. Um, and I and I think that it's an important thing to remember is that when you're creating something, it's yours. And there, you know it's yours and it's special and no one can take that away from you. I love that. I, you know, it's so hard or it's so easy for our students to get stuck in the, the false dichotomy of being right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that, you know, it's harder for them to realize that, especially in music and other creative arts, that there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer. Some of the time, sometimes there are many answers and sometimes there are answers we didn't even know about that we weren't even expecting that are totally acceptable. Um, so I love that you're, you know, you're forming not only musical concepts, but like character development um, and just, you know, growth mindset and things like that. And I, I just, I have absolutely loved seeing the parts of the books that I've seen. And I think it's so important for our students to, um, to have that understanding that again, it doesn't matter if it's wrong or right, you know, it's yours that you're, we're, we're creating something new. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and then the other one that just released was um, Tiger Tempo. And that one, um, when did that release? December 1st, I believe. Yeah, so it's been out for not even a month yet. And um, that one, I distinctly remember I was laying in bed one day. And, you know, we're trying to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, I'm like shaking my husband. And I'm like, Tiger Tempo, Tiger Tempo. I can make one with tempo and there's going to be a tiger. And I explained the whole concept. And he was I love like, it. And he was like, okay, honey, go to sleep. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, wait, I have to text this to myself. I won't remember it if I don't, you know. So um, so Tiger Tempo is is a fun one, but it's definitely geared towards, like, my younger level uh, uh, students. I kind of have my pre-K students in mind when I was um, making it. But it's basically there's there's the, – the concept is help the tiger win the race, tap the beat to keep his pace. And so on every single page, the tiger is doing something in this little relay race and the kids have to help him keep the tempo so that he doesn't trip and fall. And there is a page at the back of the book because you always have those kids when um, when you get to Presto that just like to clap like crazy <laughs> instead of actually keeping um, a steady beat. And so um, there is a page to show them if they get like that, oops, tiger tripped, try again. And then they could try again to keep him on track. Um, but that every so single cool. page has a little speedometer in the corner so that the kids can see the different tempo terms um, and actually help him win the race by helping him keep the correct pace for what he's doing in the book. So that, that was a fun one, too. And that was very illustrative. And that illustrator is the same illustrator as Rhythm Rescue. And 
So Vicky, I've loved being able to chat with you today and learn a little bit more about your books and kind of the journey that you've gone on. Um, but I know that I'm going to have a lot of people that are going to be want to check out your books and learn more about you. So where can we find more of you? So Amazon's going to be the easiest place to find my books, but they're also available on Barnes and Noble. Um, you can also request your local library or your local bookstore, um, and they can order through their Ingram database as well if you'd rather support some of those smaller businesses um, or your local library. And then as far as like keeping up with me, um, I'm on Instagram, um, Vicki Weber Books on Instagram. And then my Facebook page is um, Inspiring Imaginative Minds. And uh, then my website is trunkupbooks.com. Trunk up like an elephant. All right. Well, I will be sure to put all of those links in the show notes for this episode so that if anyone wants to check you out, which I highly encourage, they will have no problem finding you. Vicki, thank you so much for taking some time talking with me. I have absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to go check out some more of your books. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Vicki. If you found this episode helpful at all, I would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not only does this help me understand what you find most helpful, it also helps more music educators just like you find the podcast. To check out the show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash show notes.